Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And today I have to save you from your existential and professional crises with the help of a man who has uh, written a wonderful book about his own journey, how he solves problems and where he wants to be remembered and how when he meets the end of his journey, which, you know, hopefully he's not even halfway through. He was one of my favorite uh, congressmen to watch on TV because he was a federal prosecutor. He was a DA in his home state, and he did a lot less preening and a lot more pressing of people who had to be held accountable, uh, people like Hillary Clinton when they visited Capitol Hill. Uh, he was always fair, and I was a little sad when he left Congress. But we were very fortunate that when he left, he landed here at Fox and he hosts Sunday Night in America on the Fox News Channel. He's also got uh, arguably the most popular podcast on Fox News podcast. It is called The Trey Gowdy Podcast. He's written uh, another book. It's brand new. Start, Stay or Leave, The Art of Decision Making. Trey Gowdy, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. I wish you would introduce me everywhere I go in life because that you excluded every a negative yet accurate thing you could have said. And you just carved out the only decent things I've ever done <laughs> um, there. Your book, I thought, was beautifully written. It's hard to write in your voice. It was concise it was charming and it was loaded with information. There was no filler, which I really appreciate. Oftentimes uh, when people write books, they, they throw in a lot of extra words because there's some obligation, but you didn't do that. And you also had some some very funny parts of your book, uh, including the fact that I know this still bothers you. You were not on the outstanding seniors list in your high school yearbook. <laughs> And it was funny because the way you set it up, you're like the outstanding seniors were the 10 people who showed the most promise, academic and sports excellence. And and I thought you were saying I was number two on the list, but you weren't on there, which uh, made me laugh. But it was it was those things that you actually learn from the, the little moments of humility that allowed you to develop this incredible personal philosophy. And you make the point early on in the book, especially when you're talking to people Start at the end. When did that occur to you? And explain what that means. I mean, I, I think I got the idea when I started prosecuting at, at the U.S. Attorney's Office. The most important thing is kind of the closing argument. It's your last chance to talk to the jury. And, you know, I'm not an expert on private primacy versus recency, but my guess is people tend to remember the last thing they hear. So if it's really important and it's what people remember, then why would you not start there and let kind of everything else kind of help get you there? I do it with speeches. I do it on Sunday nights. Uh, 
So if it works there and it works in the courtroom, why not life? Why not imagine, you know, Dana is not nearly as moribund as I am. She doesn't pick a funeral. She picks a retirement party or a 25th, 30th wedding anniversary. What do you want people to say? What do you want people to think? What do you want to be true? And are you making decisions to get you there? But that's what I liked about it, because I think in our society, we don't talk enough about the end. We're so terrified of it that we squirrel it away. You know, we, we squash it down so we don't have to face it. And that is the basis of so many of our fears. But when you free people to say, what do you want the conversations at your funeral to be like? What do you want people to say about you? How are they going to miss you? And you said that you wanted to be remembered as being fair and funny, but you also talked about uh, a woman that you encountered and, and your story of going shopping with your wife was so funny that you guys cannot go <laughs> shopping together. She sits in your truck and texts you extra things she needs in addition to the list that she has. Uh, but you had a, a really funny story about a Walmart greeter named Frankie who, you know, she she really struck you. She was a character that you encountered every day. And at one point, Frankie was no longer there and, and you were worried and you looked in your local paper in the obituary section and you found that she had passed and you went to her funeral. What did you find there? Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't find a lot of people. And, and so that cannot be the marker of a successful life, the size of the audience at our eulogy. Um, there were there were a handful of people there. But honestly, I think of Frankie more than I do the man who started Walmart. Um, I've never met the manager of that Walmart. So what we kind of think will be important in life, the status, wealth. Um, I'm sure Sam Walton was a great guy. Never met him. And, and I don't think about him. Um, I think about a greeter um, because I saw her every day and what she forced me to confront and so the sooner we can start figuring out what is really important in life, uh, I think is number one is going to help us make decisions. It's also going to provide a more peaceful existence. I also liked the things you talked about, like how your Walmart journey changed from when you had little kids and you were buying Lego sets and Barbie dolls to when your kids had grown and now the things that you buy when you're there with your wife and like the journey through that. And, and I also kind of identified with Frankie because I'm the Frankie and my girls who are teenagers get really frustrated with me because I'm the chatty one and I will stop people in the elevator and I will talk to them and I will talk to them about their dogs. Um, and it, so maybe that's how people will remember me as like the chatty elevator dog talking lady. Uh, there are two other things that I really liked in your book, because, you know, we, we come in contact with people, especially younger people who are so worried that if they don't get one thing, if they don't do one thing, uh, it is going to be the end of their life. And you had this piece of advice that I thought was so wonderful. And one time on the five, uh, one of the questions was, it was like a fan mail Friday question. What would you be doing if you weren't doing your job right now? And I said that, I would love to be either a preschool teacher or I would love to teach math to girls in middle school because I had such a hard time learning math in middle school and I would love to bring some joy and excitement to that. And and you said, you know, instead of worrying about the ladder or the pyramid, 
go out and teach. If you really want to make a difference in the world, be one of those teachers that we all remember. The person who looked inside of you when you felt overlooked and saw that perfect, wonderful thing called potential and recognize that in you. And they treat you with such respect and curiosity that those are the teachers who allow you to blossom. And if more people wanted to give and gave in that way. How do you think that would change where we are as a society now? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether it's just naked ambition or whether we allow the institutions of our lives to kind of define success for us. But I, I have all these young people who come to me and say, you know, I want to one day run for public office because I want to change the world or help the world. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, my wife is a first grade school teacher. She will change the world a thousand times more than any member of Congress. So do you really want to change the world? Because if you do, you're going into the wrong line of work. Or or is this just some ruse that you have convinced yourself that rather than saying, I'm really ambitious and I want to be on television and I want to be well known. So I can't say that. So let me just say, I want to help the world. You, you got to have a, you have to be, I, I do get people that lie to others. I mean, people do it. They want to be perceived more favorably. Uh, the truth is not, is not good. It's not in their best interest. It's wrong, but I get it. I don't get lying to yourself. I really do not understand. And the quietness of your own soul, the quietness of your own conscience, when you're looking in the mirror, why you cannot be honest with yourself. If you want to change the world, you should not be one of 435 members of Congress. All right. We got more of this interview after this. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can't make, you can't affect change there. It might seem like a cool job. I don't know if I would necessarily want it. I mean, there, there's some members of Congress that uh, I think are hellions and they seem to have a pretty good time, but they're in the minority. But I, I do agree. And there, there was a quote, John Wooden talked about his teacher when he was growing up in his elementary one room school and how, you know, people may give teachers a hard time. And his teacher always said, I'm the most privileged person I know because I am in the presence of astronauts and doctors and ballerinas and scientists. They just don't know it yet. And uh, that, that was such a wonderful thing. And, and the recognition of that potential, I thought, was so great. And, you know, it is the mirror versus the ladder that so many people get caught up in. And they do get caught up in their own story. And I think there is a good deal of self-deception. But, you know, it, it's funny because you talk about majoring in history and you said that maybe philosophy would have been a better major for a career in law that, you know, eventually you were a federal prosecutor and a four-term congressman. Um, I love that because as a philosophy major, I have a degree in philosophy. I think that's great. I wish more people would do it. But, you know, one of the first philosophers you study is is Plato. And, 
you know, one of his most famous quotes is the unexamined life is not worth living. And based on this book and the advice that you give people far and wide, young and old people who seek her counsel and, and people you've never met, it seems that you are coming from a really good place because you have done so much examination with your life, where you are in your career, from where you started to to where you sit right now with books and your podcast and your news show. Are you where you want to be and are you where you thought you would be? Well, I have shocked every teacher I ever had. They would have been stunned if I had said I have read three books. They never would have guessed that I had written three books. So I have exceeded their expectations um, and I, I am I'm at a place of peace. I am peaceful defining success the way that I define it. I define losing and failing the way that, that look, I didn't when I was I didn't when I was younger. I lived in a prison of fear. I feared failure. And then so I had to decide to define it a little bit differently and a little bit better. I love where I am. You know, every now and again, folks will I, I think they just it's unusual to have a seat in Congress and leave on your own, undefeated, unindicted. You just leave on your own. Um, to me, it is liberating. I, I would always rather leave the party a second before everybody wanted me to than than have them calling the cops trying to get me to leave. I just there's something I don't know. There's something elegant about, you know, people can't miss you if you don't ever leave. So. I'm at peace. I have. Hopefully people will remember my time in the courtroom. That's what I really, really want them to remember. Um, and that's probably true in my hometown. That is what they will remember the most. And therefore, that's what they're likely to say to my wife whenever that time comes when they're, you know, saying goodbye. Uh, I did not want to put your book down. Um, when you reach the end with Jesus and Martin Luther King and what they accomplished and how they died before they were 40, and Dietrich, the guy whose name, I, last name I, I can't pronounce, um, there are so many elegant, as, as you describe it, wonderful stories and lessons in this book. Dana Perino said it's the best advice book she's read start stay or leave the art of decision making trey gowdy thank you for being a part of the podcast i really appreciate it thank you so much i hope you have a great rest of your day and god bless you thank you for having me god on. bless you as well thank you dear this has been kennedy saves the world i'm kennedy for more podcasts from my friends at fox you can go to foxnewspodcast.com you can subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.